What's going on, y'all? Welcome to the Trending Thoughts Podcast. I'm your host, Tori Smith, and I'm extremely excited to be at this point where we are today. It's been months in the making. I was educating myself about what's the best way to do a podcast, who to do it with, where to post it. I had no clue what was going on. And I ended up linking up with Herd, and they told me everything I need to hear. And honestly, they made it very easy for me to share my thoughts, which is really all I wanted to do. I always wanted to create my own content to talk about the things that I want to talk when I want to talk about it. So to create a podcast is something that was always intriguing to me. So I hope that you guys enjoy it. You know, if you follow me on social media, I talk about so many different subjects. Sometimes things that uh, get me in trouble or people even uncomfortable talking about. But I'm looking forward to sharing that with you guys and getting other people's perspective on it as well. Because I feel like you get a lot out of conversations, even if you don't want to have them. And I always look forward to educating and learning more. The podcast really came about because of retirement. So for those of you who follow me, I retired actually right before what would have been my ninth season. And it was, I want to say it was a tough decision, but I mean, it was, but it was really just the right decision. You know, the previous year in 2018, I hurt my knee playing against the Philadelphia Eagles. Who I, where I was actually traded from the year before. And I tore some cartilage up in my knee. And so literally after the game, I remember walking off the field, straight leg, like a peg leg. And I've never really been hurt before. You know, I've had some injuries, but nothing that ever felt like that. So I knew it wasn't right. But, you know, it's, it's football. You're kind of like, ah, it'll calm down. And there was some damage in there. And I ended up having to get surgery on my knee. And I missed probably five, six weeks or whatever it was and ended up being able to come back towards the end of the year and having the opportunity to go out and, and play. I was actually on the field. I had a catch in a game, you know, still coming off of this injury. And so when the season ended and we ended up missing the playoffs, I realized that I had the opportunity to recover and really get it together. And with the advice of the training staff, Carolina at the time, you know, they told me to take January off and rest. And I was kind of looking forward to that because it was a stressful grind to try to get to the point to where I could compete again. And mentally, it's challenging when, for those of y'all who've been injured before or hurt anything, you know it's a mental battle when you're like, man, I'm used to doing this. And y'all said this would take this long. Why aren't we there yet? And I worked my tail off and did so many different extra treatments, extra therapy, spent a lot of money trying to put myself in the best position possible. And in January, my leg basically like shut down. And I have no idea why this happened, how it happened. No idea at all. Even the trainers had no idea. It was really unexpected. And I'm coming back like, man, I was just able to run and cut just a month ago. And now I'm struggling walking to get my daughter out of her crib. And that was a brand new experience. And honestly, that's why I'm on this couch today. You know, just kind of going through that stressful journey. And that was kind of a reminder to me that, hey, maybe I was just fine today, but am I going to be fine tomorrow? And that kind of feeling, you know, of, of sitting back and evaluating where I was and, and experiencing a different type of pain and having issues with everyday life. You know, I drive a truck, so jumping up into my truck, um, 
my my boys want to go outside and play. I really couldn't play with them. It wasn't comfortable. My knee was swelling up. And it was just crazy. And I thought, hey, I was just playing a month ago, so it'll be fine. And the team thought the same thing as well, which is why the Panthers even picked up my option. Because, again, I was just running. I'm not going to say I was 100%, but when you watch me on film, that last week or two when I played, if you didn't know I was hurt, in terms of an opponent watching film, you wouldn't know that anything was wrong. Like, I was I was moving. I was running past people. I was able to get out of my brakes. Now, to me, it was very painful. And I'll admit I had to take some type of medicine to play. And I ended up going in the off-season workouts. It wasn't quite there. And I went all the way to really getting ready for camp. And I went to New York to get this shot that's called Regenicon. And it's popular because a lot of athletes, Kobe Bryant, a lot of the Seahawks players have gone over to Germany or whatnot in, in seasons past. But they have a doctor that does it in New York. There's a doctor in Oakland. I think there's someone in Miami as well. But I went to New York and I had this procedure done. And honestly, it worked for me. I mean, I go from, like I said, struggling, getting my daughter out of the crib, playing with my boys. I could lift weights and stuff. There was still some overcompensating going on, but... You know, I was able to build up and still kind of be strong that way. I was just struggling running because my cartilage damage was directly behind my kneecap. So whenever that weight would hit, it would push down and it was send this sharp pain. And I ended up, you know, making it to camp and being able to practice. A few days in, I was running routes. I was building up a couple weeks before and I had opportunity to compete. And I'll admit... I was not myself the first few weeks of camp. But you could see each and every week I was getting stronger. I was getting better. I was getting faster. You know, I started to be able to run by guys. I started just to win on, you know, the the shorter routes, the deeper routes that require you to decelerate, which was where a lot of the pain was and get out of my brakes. Like all that stuff kind of started to come together a little bit. And I ended up getting released and it was kind of a surprise but it wasn't a surprise you know I knew going into the season that the team as they should you know was going with their younger talent and DJ Moore Curtis Samuel you know those guys are gonna be primetime players in my opinion for a long time Uh, I love them like my little brothers and I believe in their talent so much so I understand the business side of it and it was their time to shine With that being said, when you're not a starter in the NFL, there's a special teams aspect to it. And I was still, like I said, growing. I could have played at receiver a certain amount of reps, but everything was still going forward. And I ended up getting released. And I had to tell my wife, even building up to that, like if something were to happen where I had to get released, I think I'm going to retire. And it was something we had talked about because I was like, man, I have to take medicine to practice. It was literally a combination of Advil and Tylenol and some anti-inflammatory medicine to try to keep the swelling down. But I realized that while I was willing to do that that year, if this was something that had to continue to go, I was hurting myself. I was putting my health in jeopardy long-term. I was putting my, my importance to my family in jeopardy beyond the game. I mean, I look forward to being able to grow old and to be able to have fun with my boys and my daughter to compete with them and to be able to just enjoy it, be alive for it. And 
as a person that doesn't drink alcohol or smoke weed or do any of those things, it's like, man, this stuff right here might be worse than any of those other things, you know? And I have to kind of look at myself in the mirror to see where I stand. And I realized that I wasn't healthy. If you have to take medicine to practice or if you have to take medicine to play, then you're not healthy, which is something that a lot of us in the NFL or really sports in general is like in your mind, like, man, if I can go, I can go. I'm fine. I'm healthy. Right. And I had to be able to separate the two that if I have to take any kind of medicine to perform, then I am not healthy because if I was healthy like I was before, I didn't have to do anything. And really coming to that made my decision easy. You know, I'm not going to lie, entertain a couple of teams and I was ready to go play because I didn't want to go out. I felt like I wasn't going out on my own power. And I don't really know how true that was because I had opportunities to go play. But financially at the time and even where some of the teams stood, it didn't really make sense for me personally. Uh, my son TJ was just starting school and one thing that means the world to me is stability. You know, if he was going to start with those kids in Charlotte, I wanted him to be able to go and at least finish a semester with them before we move. Or if not, if we, since I got released in September, I could hurry up and get back to Maryland to where our home would be and where my kids would grow up so then they could be around the same kind of kids for the rest of their lives. And that was a big decision for my family. And I decided that, you know, it just wasn't worth going to play. Not going to lie, though. Had Philadelphia called a couple weeks earlier, I would have for sure went back to Philly because Philly is a place that I have a lot of love and a lot of respect for. I love playing with Carson Wentz. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, one of the best men in the NFL, and I feel like he's a great leader as well. Just playing in that city, representing that city, the pressure that comes with it, the good, the bad, the ugly, like I loved it. And I'm still thankful that even though I was only there for the one year, obviously it was a very special year, I'm very thankful that the city continues to embrace me, embrace my family, and uh, show a lot of love when I'm back in the city or up in Conchahawken where you know my, my family on my wife's side is. And that was a decision, you know, going back and just realizing that, man, I, the game, like it's going to have an end date. And I, that's why I was really comfortable with it. A lot of people were like, man, are you sure about this? Like, you seem really confident in your decision. You know, I was because I told myself that if I ever had to take pills or if my family was ever put in jeopardy or my long-term health, then I would stop playing. And I kind of reached that point. It's probably a little dramatic to say that TJ's case was that, but it was a little bit of a family issue there. But really, it's about the long-term effects and what we don't know about medicine. Again, I'm not a guy that was taking hard medicine to try to go play. That that wasn't me. I hate taking medicine for anything, but I had to do it in order to try to go out there and perform, and I would try to limit it as much as possible. And they were all open to that. I'm not going to sit here and try to bash the staff and say they were trying to pour pills down my throat or something. Like That's not what happened. But I had to take some pills to play. And I think I made the best decision for my family, and I feel at peace with that. And that's why I'm here today. You know, I had the opportunity now. I'm transitioning into the next phase of my life. And I've been able to spend so much time with my family that I never had before. Been able to get on my wife's nerves more than ever before. Just because you see each other so much more, it's just completely different. 
And I've had the opportunity to kind of just focus on the present. And another thing that I never really realized is that I was always on edge playing, even though I never really felt it. I realized that when I was done, like, I just, more people said it to me than not. Like, man, you, you seem different. You feel different. And there's definitely an edge that you have when you're playing this game. And you don't realize it because you're so locked into that. You're only worried about what you have to do this week. What do you have to do to be ready for Sunday? And that mental game that you play, like, it impacts you beyond the field. So I thought that was very interesting to hear that from people. And a big adjustment in terms of retirement was honestly just trying to find a new routine. You know, I've been doing the same thing, playing football in the fall since high school. You know, eventually it comes when you get to college where it's more so like a job and a business, but where you're actually preparing for football. You know, you're studying, you're trying to learn about people, you're studying other teams. And I've been doing that, you know, for what would have been 12 years. And so now I'm home, I take my kids to school, and that's really about it. And it's like, man, I'm like, well, what exactly are you going to do? If you know me, you know I've done so many different things to try to prepare myself for life after football because I'll never forget two of the best things that I've ever heard since I've been into the league. Number one was the guy said, congratulations, you made it to the NFL. He was like, that's the good news. It was like, the bad news is you're on your way out. So you got to have a backup plan. And I took that to heart. I've always thought about what was next. What am I going to do if this game ends for me today? You know, I had a opportunity to experience that a little bit when I was in, in high school. I was getting recruited by a lot of teams. Ended up breaking my leg going into my junior year. And those phone calls stopped. And I had to think about what would life be like if I wasn't able to play football or if I wasn't able to get recruited and earn a scholarship. So for me, I kind of had a little flash of what that could be like. So to make it to the NFL and experience it and see other people go through it, I like learning from other people's mistakes. So I wanted to get out in front of things to see what I like now versus trying to figure it out when I'm retired. And so I knew I wanted to go into media in some way, shape, or form, whether that's sports, whether that's culture, whether it's lifestyle. I just like talking about things. I like talking about things that make people uncomfortable. I like talking about the uncomfortable conversations because I feel like we all grow and we learn from it. And if you don't learn anything, at least you learn other people's perspective. And I have a lot of respect for that. Honestly, I like talking with people who I disagree with more than people who I agree with because I feel like I could try to get through to them. But even if I don't get through to them, I've learned something from their perspective, whether I agree with it or not. And I'm looking forward to now working in the media. I've had the opportunity to do that during the season. I uh, did NFL Network. I was I had the opportunity to do ESPN. had the opportunity to do a lot of local stations in the Baltimore area. And it's something that I've truly enjoyed. Being able to be involved with the game but not be sore the next day has been pretty cool. But also just having an opportunity to create your own, which is why this podcast is a big deal to me because now it's like, man – I've been talking about doing this thing since the beginning of September. And now we're here. And we're going to grow from here. So I'm looking forward to that. And I appreciate y'all for tuning in. And the other great piece of advice that I received when I made it to the NFL actually came from Steve Bashotti. 
the team owner of the Baltimore Ravens. He was sitting down and we were talking one day by his golf cart. And he was like, do you want to live like a king for a day or like a prince forever? And that stuck with me. I've seen a lot of people go and lose money, make some bad decisions, and lose it all. And for me, I feel like when you come from the bottom, there's nothing worse than seeing success and then going backwards. So I took that to heart and tried to educate myself on financial literacy, make sure I had a great and respectable team around me, and to make sure I go out there and try to make the best decisions that I can for long term. So I'm not going to lie. When you are financially stable, it makes it a lot easier to walk away from the game that you love. I've always felt like there was more to me than just being a ball player. I didn't have to rely on football for everything. Football for me has always been a tool. The game that I've always loved, but it's been a tool to achieve more. The tool that helped me earn and pay for my education. A tool that helped me impact other lives, but to also win and have individual success as a pro, which is something I don't take lightly and I'm extremely blessed. I'm thankful for all the advice that I've received since I've been in the NFL. And honestly, it's been some nuggets that I could go on for days. And that'll be for another podcast. But those two have impacted me more than anything else. And the funniest thing about retiring, man, is like when you're trying to figure out your time, trying to figure out what you should do next, people say some crazy things to you. And I'm not saying crazy things in terms of like it's all bad. But my son's said easily what is the craziest thing to me since I retired. This cat TJ told me, he said, Dad, I think you should go back to playing football. And I'm like, what? Like, what do you mean? He was like, all you do is watch TV and go to meetings. And I was dying laughing because he's been very observant to a lot of different things. And he's had the opportunity to go to some Ravens games, so he definitely misses watching games. And he's growing older, so he knows guys, he knows players. You know, it's kind of been his life since he's been a, a baby. But now he actually knows what's going on, so it's pretty cool. But I thought that was hilarious to hear from him. And now when we're home trying to spend time together, do different things, I feel like all we do is play video games. Now that it's warmer, we go out to the pond and go fishing. Like, everything's kind of really active. So it's been pretty cool to spend some time with him, especially now that he's older and we can have, like, real conversations. And another thing that's really stood out is just really kind of hearing from the fans and being back in what I call home in Maryland. You know, I'm I'm a Virginia boy at heart, but Maryland is my home now. People have shown me so much love. And it was before retirement, before my retirement video. I mean, people have shown so much love. And to hear from people, you know, how much that I meant to them on and off the field has been like, the craziest feeling to me because I know I'm not going to the Hall of Fame. I'm not going to have a gold jacket. I'm not going to be in anyone's ring of honor. You know, my name will fade like a lot of other players who played this game. But one thing that stands out to me and that means the world to me is the respect beyond the field, especially in Maryland, especially back home in Virginia, where people say, hey, man, you playing, you inspire me. You know, I wanted to be better. I wanted to be like you. Like, that's a huge responsibility that I understood that I had, but I didn't realize the impact of it. And when you've been able to go through a lot of things like I did professionally, the highs, the lows, I mean, losing my brother, 
like real life things that we all deal with on a daily basis and people were able to see and experience that, I realized that it was deeper than the game, man. That's what for sure kept me in the state of Maryland and being tied to the people here and that responsibility. And that's why even now, coming back to Baltimore is always a big question of what are we going to do next because a lot of people have a lot of high expectations for myself and my family in terms of the impact that we can make in this state and really help make because it's never us by ourselves. It's always our team. It's always a community. You know, we're just kind of the vessel that tries to bring the village and people together. But the, our newest thing that we're doing in Baltimore is that we're partnering with Baltimore Wrecking Parks to run our programs in partnership with their center. And I did not see that coming. You know, I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. You know, I'm I'm huge in my faith. And this is a responsibility that I did not see happening, but I'm so happy that it's come about. I'm looking forward to having an opportunity to impact a community, a neighborhood, one child at a time, one age group at a time, one family at a time. And really to not only help one child, but to help his siblings, help his parents. And really try to change, you know, Baltimore for the better. I believe in Baltimore. I believe in the potential of Baltimore. I believe in the potential of his people. But when you go to Baltimore, you see so many people lack the basic things that we need to succeed in society. And I'm looking forward to bringing them the resources that they need and the people that can help them. Because the potential is there. I mean, you have people surviving and making it out of situations that a lot of people couldn't even dream of making it through, and they're still being successful. They're fighters. They're warriors. They're strong. And they're built to win. And I want to make sure that the people in certain type of neighborhoods in Baltimore City know that we care about them, that they matter, that their lives matter, and that they can help create the Baltimore that we would all love to see. And I'm looking forward to that responsibility and being there and partnering with so many different people to try to make it happen because I truly believe that I wouldn't be even on this podcast right now if it wasn't for the village that raised me. It wasn't just my mother and my grandmother. It was my coaches. It was my educators. It was the people that gave hope in me from a young age. I say all the time, all they gave me was a blueprint and they believed in me. I think of Miss Williams. My guidance counselor in seventh grade, I could just stop by there, just a simple conversation. To this day, she still sends me letters and Kit Kat bars and all kind of things over the years that I would always come by her office and ask for a Kit Kat bar. But you never know how much a person can impact your life by simply believing in you. Or Greg Daniels, who now uh, the principal at Colonial Forge High School. You know, I knew he went to college. He played at Virginia Tech. And I wanted to be like him, you know, the way he loved his family, the way he loved me and, and showed me the way. You know, those are people who've made a major impact in my life in the Pierce family, you know, Roger Pierce, Coach JP, Coach Brian, Coach Coleman. I mean, I can go down the, the list of so many great men that have made a great impact on my life by simply believing in me. And to be able to do that, for a community and be present in a community when a lot of people like to go and, and live in certain areas where you can avoid a lot of issues because they simply don't exist, you know? And 
I do live in an area where issues do not exist. You're in your own little bubble, you know, where I live in Howard County, but that's not real. So I spend the majority of my time and I will be spending the majority of my time where the people are similar to the people who I grew up with, the people who I came up with, the people who I know experience real life trauma and real life challenges. And like I have, you know, I have scars. I've experienced trauma in so many different ways that impacted me in ways that I've had to grow and deal with as an adult. But I know that there's potential there, just like people saw that same potential in me. So I'm looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to continue to to grow with my kids, be a better husband to my wife. You know, you realize that you're such a machine in terms of just going to work and building and trying to be the best you can be at that. Now it's like, man, like I have to change my energy. You know, I have to try to be a better husband for her because she's doing everything she can to be a better wife. And I appreciate everything she does so much more now that I've had the opportunity to sit back, just watch the way she is with our kids, the way she teaches, the way she does everything. I mean, she's amazing. And it challenges me and motivates me to want to be better. And I know I can be better too. So I'm looking forward to growing there. I'm looking forward to being a better father as well. And I'm just looking forward to everything, the unknown. I'm looking forward to the unknown. I'm looking forward to not knowing what's next. Football, I knew what was coming next. I knew we were going to play a game this week. I knew we had an offseason. I knew I had to work to be better here. I knew I was going to have the opportunity, and I had to be ready for that opportunity. Well, that same thing really exists in my next phase of life. I'm going to have an opportunity to do some great things. Will I be ready for it? What am I doing to prepare for it? Those are all things that I'm looking forward to continuing to prove, and the game honestly taught me how to handle that, so I'm looking forward to it. I hope that y'all continue to follow me on this journey. So now we're going to transition to Tori's Take. This is going to be a segment towards the end of the show each and every week where there's going to be a subject, a topic, a person, whoever it may be, or we decide to put my take on it. And I think it's a no-brainer for this week, and it's COVID-19. I'm not going to lie. I was one of those people who was not concerned at all about the impact of COVID-19. I've since changed my stance. Obviously, you know better. I've learned a lot more. Literally, a few days after I said it, I was seeing things. I'm like, whoa, like, this is a real deal. I was one of those people who was like, oh, people die from the flu all the time. What's the big deal? Well, people are still dying from the flu, and then you have this brand new virus, and people are dying or being sick. So, yes, it does matter. It is a big deal. Kind of feel like a goof troop for even having that thought process and having to learn from it now. And lives are being lost. I mean, one life being lost is a big deal. And I feel like I kind of undermine that a little bit. And again, that's a, a learning moment. And also, I fell in line with what I like to say we are in America. We're very naive and we're ignorant to a lot of things. Sometimes we don't even recognize a problem when it's right in our face. And I think this is a perfect example because things like this don't happen too often. In our country, it's always somewhere else where they have to deal with it. Now it's the entire world. We're all dealing with the issue of COVID-19. We're all stuck in our house, social distancing because of COVID-19. And that's a big deal. It's an eye-opener for sure. And I'm trying to make sure that I'm doing my part. I'm staying home. I'm trying to keep my family safe. But while keeping my family safe and staying home, I'm also keeping your family safe, which means a big deal. And 
when you see lives that are lost, I think about it, and my thought process on the beginning was like, man, I would be fine. I have a pretty strong immune system. I mean, again, even saying that, nothing's guaranteed, but, you know, I was, I'm pretty healthy for the most part, and I would probably be able to take it on, right? I'm 31 years old. But if I had it and I went to my grandmother on my mother's side or my wife's side of the family and they got it, would they be in the same boat? And that answer, we don't know. And that's why it matters for all of us to do what we're supposed to do, practice social distancing. And ultimately, by practicing social distancing, you're saving someone's life. And it could be someone that you love and care about or a stranger, but a life is a life. So let's make sure we can continue to do that. And honestly, a time like this for introverts like myself, I, I like to consider myself a social introvert. It's actually not that bad at all. Minus me not going and doing media things and speaking engagements and interacting socially with people, whether it's on a business level or not. Nothing's really changed. I'm home. I'm chilling with my family. It's forcing me to to do things that I didn't really feel like I had time to. It also made me realize that I'm a procrastinator. I for sure thought the reason why I didn't accomplish a lot of things was because I didn't have time. Well, I have time, and I'm still not accomplishing a lot of different things, so it's 100% on me. And I recognize that, and now I'm working to try to get things done. You know, and I'll, tell, I'll float two ideas out there to you before I wrap this up. And that's two book ideas that we're doing. One is going to involve character lessons that my wife and I have learned from sports or life in a children's book series that's really geared towards our kids as a way to teach them lessons that we feel it's important to share with other kids as well. But also, the book that I'm writing myself which is called Know Better, Do Better, you know, and it's my personal guide to breaking generational curses and talking about different subjects and challenges that exist in my family that my family's had to overcome or didn't overcome and things that I've done differently to try to combat it and by recognizing it because um, I don't believe in simply being a product of your environment. I believe that if you know something is wrong, then you know what you need to do to fix it. And I'm looking forward to sharing those lessons with y'all as well. So I'm putting this out there in the universe because now that I've said it here, I can't procrastinate because y'all are going to know. So y'all got to hold me accountable to that. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to really seeing y'all next week. Start bringing guests on here soon. This was just a transitional episode to let you guys know how we got to this point today. I'm looking forward to you guys coming along for this journey. Uh, feel free to DM me any topics you want to discuss during the week, whatever it may be. But it's going to be a great time. And it's all going down with Herd. So shout out to Herd for hosting this podcast and teaching your boy how to do this thing. And y'all be safe. Practice social distancing because it matters. If you love yourself, if you love your family, you can do the right thing. Stay in the house. See y'all next week.